Welcome everyone. We're so glad to have you join us today. If you are new, my name is Sarah and this is Micah and we are the pastors at uh, the Vine Church in Kennewick, Washington. Yeah, thanks for being here with us this morning. So um, years ago, uh, I was probably 10 or 11 years old and uh, I was on a basketball team and I was never great at basketball. Uh, but I was taller than a lot of the kids, meaning closer to the surprise, hoop. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, a little closer <laughs> to the hoop and a little little more likely to make a basket or get a rebound. And I remember uh, one game uh, we were playing, and I think it was one of the first times we got to play in a bigger gymnasium. It might have been Kinoakai, I don't remember for sure. Uh, but bigger gym, a little more exciting, intimidating environment, a few more fans and that sort of thing. And I remember during this game, um, I, uh, I went up for a rebound. And I came down with it perfectly clear. And I took off and got the fast break towards <laughs> the other basket. And uh, I charged down the field, outran, or down the court, I outran uh, everyone, uh, made the layup. And right as I was making that layup, something felt off. And I looked back down the court uh, to see my team and the other team still standing at the other basket looking entirely confused at what was happening and it was as i looked up into the stands that i realized in this horrific moment that i had just charged down the basketball court and scored a basket on the wrong side uh how do you recover from that i don't know i maybe i still haven't recovered from that it's one of those childhood wounds that <laughs> still affects me today um but here's the thing, we were playing basketball, uh, I was playing a team sport, and each of us had a role to play, right? I, I had a purpose on that team, and in that moment, I totally lost sight of my purpose, uh, and bad things ensued. <laughs> I'm glad. At least you took initiative, though. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we're going to continue in our series, The Words of Jesus, and today we're looking at um, some of the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 when he speaks of salt and light and Jesus speaks to our purpose. And that's what we wanted to look at today. Yeah, so we're in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, and it says this, you are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town um, built on a, on a hill cannot be hidden. Uh, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a, its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So Jesus says here, and he's speaking to his disciples, by the way. So he's speaking to uh, people who have already committed to following him. And he says to them, you are the salt of the earth, um, which is an interesting metaphor that Jesus uses here. Now, can I just say I love salt? She I've does. always loved salt. Um, as a kid, I used to even like sneak pinches of salt and just eat it plain. Ooh. I know, it's craziness. I don't know if anyone else does that, but I, I used to. And so um, just this morning, I looked in our kitchen for the different types of salt that we have. And I realized this morning that we have six different types of salt. I mean, it's delicious. We have like a black volcanic salt. We have flaky white salt from Cyprus. We have an Australian pink salt. I mean, 
We might be addicted to salt. My favorite is the Himalayan pink salt, though. I, oh, that's good. Yeah. Love yeah. It. That's really good salt. And so, I mean, all these different salts, they, they taste amazing different from different places, different colors, different textures. But what makes salt salt? And, and so the scientists would tell us that it's sodium chloride. I have to read it to make sure I don't mess it up. But sodium chloride is what makes salt salt. It's what gives it its saltiness. So what does Jesus mean here when he says that um, you are the salt of the earth? You know, for, for thousands of years, salt has been used for two primary purposes, to preserve and to flavor our food. And uh, to preserve and to flavor. I've never used salt to preserve myself, but I've used it to flavor a lot. Um, I've learned, though, that you have to use it correctly. Um, or if you don't use it according to its purpose, it's, it's, it kind of messes up the food. You know, my favorite part of the day is in the morning. And I remember about, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago when we lived at, at our old house, um, I had gotten up early in the morning, that quiet time, peaceful time, was sitting at the kitchen table with my coffee. And I remember being a little bit groggy, but I grabbed the sugar and I grabbed the milk and I poured it in and I stirred and it dissolved and I closed my eyes and lifted up my coffee to my mouth to take the first sip of my morning coffee. And I realized it was awful. <laughs> it tasted so bad. Because as you probably guessed, I replaced the sugar with the salt. So we have to use, salt is amazing, but we have to use it appropriately. Yeah. So in the first century, salt was essential to preserving mm -hmm. food. It um, uh, staved off the bacteria or the decay mm -hmm. in food. It was essential to life. I mean, it was the way uh, meats and things could be preserved. And Jesus draws upon that idea, that understanding. Salt was essential uh, to their life in the first century. And he says, now you are the salt of the earth. You are those that are here to preserve the ways of God, um, to bring the flavor of God into the world around you. He says, you play an essential role in preserving this world, in bringing flavor and goodness into it. And then Jesus uses a second metaphor. He says, you are the light of the world, the light of the world. And again, I picture that morning time for me because I love being outside now um, on our porch in the mornings in the sun. I just sit in the sun and close my eyes and I can feel the light hitting me. It's bright. It looks and something like that this. That is not what it looks like. <laughs> That's a great card. One of you guys are going to get that card. You can look forward to that. But I can feel the light on my on my face and then I can feel the warmth of the sun. And so Jesus says here that you are the light of the world. And yet um, Jesus is called the light of the world in scripture. Um, in John 1, John describes Jesus as, as the word made flesh and, and, and Jesus came to earth and in him was life and that life was the light of all humanity. In Jesus was life and that life in him was the light of all humanity. And so Jesus um, represents the light, but here he says, you are the light of the right world. it's it's both and yes. uh, or it is his light inside mm -hmm. of us now in john 8 jesus describes himself in these terms he says 
Um, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know, Sarah and I were thinking about and talking about uh, the moon this last week. Now, the moon, it has no light of its own, but instead it... Mm. Um, uh, it, it reflects the light of the sun. And so at nighttime, we have a way to see through the moon. And uh, I think similarly, as mm-hmm. Jesus describes this concept of light, the idea that he is the light, but his light is reflected through us into the world. Like the moon, people come to know the light. They come to know Jesus through the way we reflect it in the world. And light by nature is meant to shine. It's meant to illuminate, to go outward, to be shared, to be seen. And so our purpose, as we reflect the light of Jesus um, through the Holy Spirit in us, is to radiate that for people to be able to see the life and light of Jesus through us. It's this beautiful metaphor of God in us and us reflecting God outward. Yeah. In 2 Corinthians, um, Paul speaks uh, a little bit further into this illustration and idea of light. Uh, He says this, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts Mm. to give us the light. And um, so he begins with this creation story, right? Where God speaks into existence light. He says, let there be light. And it fills the darkness. It it fills the world, right? And um, then he goes on to say, and the same light that God spoke, the light that he brought into this Mm -hmm. world, he has placed inside of each, each of us. And in verse seven, he goes on and he says, but we have this treasure, this light, in jars of clay to show that his all-surpassing power or that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Mm -hmm. And it's this really cool illustration that that Paul uses here as he speaks of um, these jars of clay. Now, in the first century, they would have these jars and clay is not a strong vessel. Uh, It's not a beautiful uh, vessel. Uh, In fact, it likely has cracks. Uh, But the beautiful thing about the illustration is that this light that Mm -hmm. is placed inside this vessel is able to better be disseminated throughout a room because of the cracks, because of the weaknesses in this vessel. And so he says, you are the light of the world. And this could seem a pretty daunting task. But Paul kind of checks our perspective and he says, uh, you, you might not feel powerful or beautiful or capable of taking on all of these things in the world, but God has placed this light in you, knowing that out of you, it will shine into the world. Hmm. So as we zoom out and we look at this, these both these two metaphors, they have a similar message for us today because both salt and light have a distinctive purpose. And we too, as Jesus followers, have a distinctive purpose. Like the salt that preserves, we have the privilege of sharing Jesus. And through Jesus, there's healing and wholeness for people. And as with light, um, we are to radiate the goodness and the love of Jesus. So this is, this is a gift, our opportunity. We get to do this. We get to be a part of this by radiating God's love, God's light out into the world. Yeah. It's something that we've received from God Mm -hmm. that we're invited to give. 
to yes. the world. And this isn't the first time Israel had heard this concept. In fact, the nation Israel was born upon this covenant with a man named Abraham. The majority of the Old Testament tells the story of the Israelite people uh, whom God made a covenant with Abraham saying, I will bless you that you can be a blessing to all of the world, right? The, the entire idea uh, of God's plan through this nation was that from you will come my blessings. So I will, I will invest in you something beautiful that is intended not just for your consumption, for your own needs, but is intended for the entire world. And so we see this theme continued in the New Testament as Jesus and his New Testament authors begin to say, now Jesus is the light. And this light has been placed inside of you, but not just for your own purposes, mm -hmm. instead for the purpose of disseminating this blessing to all of the world. So what does it look like in our lives to live as salt and light in our world? Uh, what does it look like in your life, maybe right now in this season? You know, I think for me, the, the, at the core of it is living in such a way that highlights God's love, that um, helps others see God's goodness um, and his grace. You know, it would be easy to take this question and kind of turn it into some sort of a checklist and say, well, if I do all these things, then, I, you know, I, I'd be living as, as light and as salt. And, and though there are things for us to do, it's much more than that. It's about being really rooted in Jesus, in our identity, in Jesus. It's about allowing ourselves to experience Jesus's light, like Micah was saying, in, in us, to experience his love and then to be transformed by it. And then as we're transformed by it, it becomes a part of us. And then naturally we're going to reflect that light out into the world. Yeah, you know, though I was a little bit sarcastic with your illustration of sitting on the porch and absorbing <laughs> the sunlight, I, I, I really resonate with it. And and in this story or in this text that we look at today, um, this idea of sitting and soaking in mm -hmm. God, His love and His light in our lives is what enables us to then shine in the world around us. Um, so, you know... Uh, it would be easy to miss the final words of Jesus in this text, um, but they're incredibly important. Jesus says that there is a purpose to you being salt and light. And he says the purpose is that the world may see your good deeds and glorify your mm -hmm. Father in heaven. Uh, the idea being that God would receive glory, mm -hmm. praise, and honor because we have received light and are reflecting that light mm -hmm. in the world around us. I mean, it's easy to do our good deeds and our kind things so that people would see us and say, wow, how mm -hmm. impressive. But Jesus clarifies the purpose is not that. Do those good deeds, but the purpose and the goal of all of this conversation is that people may come to know God mm -hmm. and to glorify Him. So we are a people with a purpose. And through this passage, I believe Jesus is inviting us to really lean into that purpose and to live into that purpose. And our purpose is to reflect him, his light, his love to all the people in our world.
Yeah, let's pray about that. God, thank you that you have loved us. Thank you that you do love us and that you have entrusted us with so much. Thank you for the ways that you have blessed us, uh, that we could know you, that we could know Jesus, that the Spirit would be alive and well and working in our lives. Thank you, God, that you have entrusted in us this light. And God, may we reflect that light, your love and goodness in this world. God, may we live lives of love and that in the ways that we live, that people would see you, come to know you and glorify you as we do today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So there's a song. Each week we we uh, post a song for people to listen to if they'd like to. And this week there's a song by City Harmonic. And it's called Let There Be Light. And I love the lyrics um, in this song. This song speaks to God creating light by speaking light into existence. And it speaks of Jesus being the light. And in the first part of the song, I just want to read a couple of the lyrics to you. It says, make us like the moon at night, a mirror of the light. Oh, let there be light. Come a risen sun, S-O-N in glory bright that and that's our prayer that we would be a mirror of jesus's light yeah absolutely hey friends thanks for joining us this morning mm -hmm. blessings we hope you have a great week